Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week I bring you stories that will inspire you, change you, and educate you. Welcome to my new platform here at the Motivated Mind Group, a great place to be. Today our guest is Chuck and Hannah Keels. But before we get started, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month as well as domestic violence. But we're going to be capturing people with cancer, not just breast cancer. And today my guest is Chuck Keels, and Hannah is not able to be with us today because of the journey that she is currently on. I met Chuck on Stories of Hope a couple of years ago where he shared how he was diagnosed with stage four cancer. He and Hannah are both stage four cancer thrivers, but there has been a change in Hannah's condition, but we'll get to that in just a moment. At this time, I want you to be introduced to Chuck Keels. Good morning, Chuck. Hey, good morning, Christine. Oh, you got the world behind you. I love it. The world is my oyster, right? It is, it is. You know, I forgot to mention that you and Hannah are also the founders of a nonprofit organization, Live Hope Cancer Foundation, which we're going to talk about this journey you guys took in the spring. But let's recap real quick for people who don't know who you are, and that is you give me quick brief of when you got diagnosed with cancer. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's it's kind of interesting because you would never want to meet anybody that's throwing around the words stage four cancer, um, but that's exactly what me and my wife deal with every single day. And I was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer in 2015 and was told that I had maybe three months to live. Uh, the scans showed that the cancer had spread into my bones, into my lymph nodes. And um, at that point, most people would think it's a it's a dead end, right? Absolutely. Well, uh, I actually I don't know if I believed in miracles before my my journey. I definitely believe in miracles now. Um, but I suffered a spinal collapse, was rushed to a hospital, had emergency surgery, and in the recovery room, actually, the room got cold, and uh, I look over, and somebody's standing there, and I'm thinking it's a doctor, it's a nurse, it's a janitor, and. Pretty soon he reaches out and touches my shoulder and I'm thinking, um, you know, what is going on here? And in my head it says, you're in the presence of Jesus. But when I look up, he's completely gone. He's gone. He was there for three or four seconds. And with this, with this, this thing happened in my life, changed my entire life because that day the pain from stage four cancer and being on liquid morphine that morning, the pain stopped. Wow. I was walking the hospital floor that night and I was like, what just happened to me? And so basically, um, when I realized that um, I went through a miraculous healing, I figured I'm supposed to help cancer people. So I start anytime the phone rang, if it was a cancer, uh, somebody asking about cancer, if it was a foundation that said, we have something going on, would you help us? Absolutely. I was the first guy to show up. And uh, through the cancer coaching, I was introduced to a young lady who has stage four breast cancer. And our conversations about cancer and life and being single parents and faith, um, we fell in love and we got married. And that's the Hannah that we keep talking about, who actually is going through stage four active breast cancer right now. And it's been an absolute roller coaster with um, cancer showing up and then going away and then showing up somewhere else. And so that's the reason why she's not sitting next to me right now. And that is perfectly understood. So anyone that is listening to this or seeing this, whatever platform that they are tuning in on, 
can relate to. And it's that me too factor. And when we say me too, there's some me too's we go, I don't want to be that me too. But this one actually yeah. has a great one. So with the information you provided us about Hannah, we're going to actually talk about you being the caregiver and the journey that you're on with Hannah and her journey. But I want to start with, I watched you guys this spring, was it, that you guys were in a motorhome and did a tour of the United States? Yeah, tell basically. Us what the mission, go ahead and tell us the mission yes. as to why that was. So the mission was to um, ride a bicycle from San Diego to St. Augustine, Florida. And the mission was to bring awareness to our foundation that offers free cancer coaching and also to inspire people to get up and live through the toughest things in their life. Mm. And so on March 28th, we launched out of San Diego, on a, me on a bicycle, my wife and my dog in an RV safety vehicle close behind me. And we averaged about 50 miles a day for 75 days, two and a half months. And we completed the ride on June 10th in St. Augustine, Florida with a frenzy of friends and news media and people swarming around us. And I was like, what is going on here? This is amazing and so emotional because what we just went through together with that idea in our mind that we are gonna finish this, we are gonna complete this, this event. Now let's let everyone know that um, there were some things that took place that weren't as smooth sailing as you just made it sound. Um, were you and both Hannah on these bikes in the beginning of this tour? No, um, you know, Hannah with her stage four breast cancer, she, uh, she had her role as uh, supporting me and keeping me safe. We had a walkie talkie in our ears so we could chat. She was in the RV right behind me. And so the entire event was me riding and we did have uh, quite a few riders across the country that rode with me for one day. Um, so her, her role, um, what I realized is once we started was just as important as me getting on that bike every day and, and physically and mentally pushing through that. And she was your buffer being in the big old motorhome, So that's even better to protect you. Absolutely. So this was a personal journey um, or was this to share with everyone across the United States that you, you got to meet and learn about their journeys as well? Well, that's interesting because it started out as a personal journey. You know, at 57 years old and going through stage four prostate cancer, I, I was curious as, as if, could I even do this? And so that, you know, probably in the first two weeks, I realized physically I can do this. I'm getting stronger. Um, and uh, we, I thought that was the journey, but the journey actually was the unbelievable number of people we met coming across the United States, got to hear their story, got to tell them our story, got to hug people, cry with people. You know, Hannah lost her hair through cancer treatment and I shaved mine to support her. And women can relate to that. So they would come up to us and they would say, are you dealing with cancer? And she'd say, yes, I am. And they would say, so am I. And it was just unbelievable icebreaker. And so, yeah, for two and a half months, um, we've got to share our story and hug people and, and cry with people and laugh with people and pray with people that we'd never met before. So it turned into an absolutely incredible journey. Another one of those me too's, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I want, to I want to touch upon something because you mentioned and um, we, male, female, are very vain. Would you agree? We got to look a certain um, way. Yeah, you know, cancer has a way to kind of taking that away. 
And that's what and I was actually going to go to is you talked a bit about how we can do the Me Too factor. Um, and you mentioned that you had shaved your hair because Hannah had lost hers. And the one thing that, well, several things as women we are vain about is our hair um, and our breasts and our body and the way that it looks. And if it's not a certain way that society accepts it, then we don't feel worthy. But um, that's, not th that's not anywhere nearest to the truth. That's a personal thing. So um, you are, I know you personally, and I know Hannah personally, are incredible people. And I think it's great that you're doing this journey with her. Not because you're just her spouse, because that's what you chose to do. You both, you talked about in the beginning, had a common factor. And then it got changed up. And you still stuck by her, no matter what she looked like. Yeah, and I, 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 you know, that that's that's the amazing thing about you know, um, love. If it's your spouse, your coworker, your mom, your dad, you know, th lo love comes in so many different forms. And um, when um, a cancer journey or something that's uh, traumatic happens in your life, um, basically that love is what pulls you together. And when Hannah uh, lost her hair through her treatment. Um, the first thought was, you know, society, you know, they, they, you know, going out into society and, and being, being who I am and not them labeling me because of a, you know, a bald head. So in our cancer foundation, we coach every day to get up and live and get up and live for someone, a woman going through a mastectomy or a um, losing their hair, maybe getting up every day and putting on their makeup and feeling absolutely amazing about themselves, no matter what the situation is, because um, we coach that the life, the lifestyle you can still acquire while going through your cancer journey is everything. And the reason why we say that is because most people get that, hear the word cancer and they shut down. And uh, we call it, it's not a sentence, it's a situation, mm. which means cancer to most people, they think it's a sentence. Mm. And we say it's a situation, and not only do we say that, but we prove it on a daily basis. And between Hannah's treatments and broken bones and pain and surgeries, we are <laughs> zip lining and jet skiing and speaking all over the country. And part of that is to inspire people to get up and live. Perfect segue into the next part of this as the caregiver, caretaker, mm. and the trip that you were on. Walk us through one day of being her caregiver. So basically, um, being a caregiver means you basically give up everything that you love and that you think you need in your life for them. Mm -hmm. And so if it's um, starting out with um, getting her toothbrush, making her breakfast, making her some tea, um, helping her change her clothes, helping her get a bath, changing the sheets on the bed, um, coaching her to inspire her to maybe get out of the bed today and let's go outside because it's beautiful Aww. and sit in the backyard. Or she's got an electric wheelchair, so let's take the dog for a walk and she can, she can boogie around in an electric wheelchair. And so I always say you don't know your limits unless you test your limits. So there's days where we may have overdone it and she got a little nauseated and ended up back in bed resting for the rest of the day. But there's been some beautiful moments of getting outside and, 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 and there's been moments of, hey, today, let's use the walker and not the wheelchair and just walk to the other room with me right there behind her. And so when I say I give up, you know, things that I love to do, I love to go to the gym. I love to jump on my bike in the morning and go for a couple hour ride. I love to go to the, the pool and swim some laps and take care of Chuck. But those things are 
lower on the list than the things of keeping Hannah comfortable. But I will say Hannah inspires me tremendously by saying that that wheelchair or this situation is completely temporary and she looks past it. So we coach people to look past it and say, imagine yourself um, life after cancer. So another thing that's really great that you said, and this is what I'm envisioning in my, my, my mind right now, and you know my personal story. We've heard the phrase quantity, quality. You've got quality, the quality of life, the things that people overlook, and you're not chasing the tangible things, you're not chasing the bank account. You're enjoying every day, every moment, even if it's a strain on you, and I'm sure it's a strain on you at times because you're taking care of you, taking care of Hannah, and then taking care of this organization and everyone else that reaches out to you that you're also helping with too. Yeah, bo both Hannah and I both really lean into our faith mm -hmm. in tough times like this. I and people it. actually will ask us, how can you guys smile and hug when your wife's going through such pain and cancer? And our, our faith is where we get the strength from. Um, and, and, and there was a time driving across the country when uh, I finished the ride for the day and I get in the RV and we're relaxing and we're talking. And she said, with all this automated stuff, you know, I'm looking at my bank account, the bills are getting paid and uh, we don't have a care in the world. And how cool was that to get to a place in your life where you don't have a care in the world? And don't get me wrong, we're dealing with stage four cancer every day. We have, I have two boys and Hannah has four. We have six boys. So don't think we don't deal with human things every day and the challenges, but because of our faith, we actually smile and feel very blessed and are, are able to uh, uh, acquire a certain quality in life. You forgot two other family members. Your dog and a grandbaby. Ja uh, well, yeah, so Jax is our um, miniature Australian shepherd who I got um, seven years ago when I was going through my, started through my cancer journey. And then recently, yeah, we actually have a, uh, a new grandbaby that was added to the family, a uh, little Oliver. <laughs> He's just a little rock star. And uh, they, you know, with Hannah being, uh, you know, you know, restricted to bed or home, uh, they finally brought him over and Hannah got to hold him. And you should see the look on her face when grandma got to hold her first grandbaby. And there was a time, you know, through the cancer journey where we're like, she's like, I, I just want to be around long enough to see this baby. And now she's got to hold him. And now tiny bit, little bit every day, she's getting better. And so, you know, we, we, we plan on spending a lot of time with, uh, with grand, new, new grandbaby Oliver. So let's take a step back here. Hannah's not able to be with us today because she had some treatments that are not allowing her to be with us today. But in spirit, I'm gonna say hi, Hannah. Miss you, honey. Um, tell us, because you had to deal with something on your trip as well. Give us some more information as to what these treatments are, and then we'll talk about the trip uh, as well. So basically, um, knowing that Hannah's in active treatment for stage four breast cancer, um, her um, treatment is every three weeks. So we had to figure out how can we go on this trip across the country and her still get her treatment. For, so from San Antonio, Texas, she flew to Arizona, got a cancer treatment, and the next day flew back to the trip. Um, she was very tired the next day, and the plan was for me to get on a bike the next day and take off. And I looked at her and I said, 
can't the day is canceled <laughs> we're taking the day off we're going to just relax and and let you recoup and then the following day i was able to get on the bike and hannah was able to drive the rv based on the fact that she just got you know a cancer treatment um so that was one of the toughest things and there's a lot of people that said why would you two get in an rv and get on a bike and and travel across the country while this poor girl's going through stage four cancer and hannah tells them i can lay in my bed and be bored and be tired and be in pain or i can enjoy the entire countryside and that's what she decided to do so let's give a little bit more of a detail. You said the day was canceled. I wouldn't say the day was canceled. The plan for the day was canceled. The day is never canceled. And you mentioned that you were telling her that you were going to recoup. For people who do not know what the journey is with someone who is going through these treatments, please give more information or description as to what that really means. So when you're dealing with cancer, um, there's good days and there's bad days or there's good moments and bad moments. The good days and bad days are when you're telling your body to do something and it's not responding, or you're having pain, or you're nausea and you're throwing up, or you know these are things that you have no control over. Um, um, so that's the physical part of it. The mental part of it is I'm having a bad moment, but we don't stay there. We don't live there. We don't have bad days and bad months and bad years. We have bad moments and we um, realize it and then identify it and then we decide we're going to move out of there. So the entire ride across the country was all of this involved with bad days and bad moments. And like I said, with cancer patients, it may be um, a surgery which doesn't allow you to do anything for several weeks because you got to recoup. It may be a cancer treatment that causes you to feel terrible and um, have to stay in bed for three, four, five days um, in order to get that through your system and out of your system and then and then move on. Um, the, 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 the good and the bad about a chemo treatment is chemo is a very powerful uh, product they put in your body uh, that um, in most situations we pray that it kills cancer, but it also goes in there and starts killing other things that it's not supposed to kill, you know, dealing with your immune system and things like that as well. So, um, you know, knowing these things, identifying these things, and with Living Hope Cancer Foundation, uh, we are able to coach and share these things to cancer patients all over the world who um, they sit there and they say, what, what do you do now with this? Mm -hmm. And they're introduced to us or they find us through a Google search and um, we are able to um, wrap our arms around them and they're like, um, I didn't know a place like this existed. And it didn't pretty much before we decided we're gonna become this place. Mm. So we wanna get into a couple of different things before we run out of time and I actually get to ask my final question, which is one of my favorite highlights. And this is um, going back onto the journey that you're on. So there was a couple of mishaps. Do you wanna share your mishap that kept everybody in suspense to see if you guys were actually gonna finish this trip? Absolutely, you know, um, basically um, we're jamming across the country we're into this really nice routine. We had a day off, which means rest and I feel good. I jump on the bike, we're in Louisiana. We go through this little town called New Roads. And then we come out of this town and there's this there's trees. And then I can see something sticking up through the trees and it's this big, huge, beautiful bridge. And I'm like, where are we? What is this? And it's the Mississippi River. 
and it was just so cool. And so I, I'm, I'm on the bike and I'm out of the saddle and I'm, I'm jamming and I'm climbing this big old bridge. We're at the top. We take a couple pictures. We're looking at the Mississippi River. It's moving fast. It's a big river and it's just so powerful. And it's like, wow, what a cool, what a cool moment. And then I jump on the bike and I start down the bridge, picking up speed. And as unbelievable as this sounds, my tire hits a metal grate and sticks and I flip over the handlebars. And all I remember is hitting and it just knocking me out cold. And I don't remember anything for the first 30 minutes. And basically um, I woke up to hearing Hannah's voice and seeing an ambulance pulling up and they pretty much, you know, um, tape me down to a board, load me into the ambulance, take me to Baton Rouge hospital. They start running all these tests over the next uh, 24 hours. And basically, the doctors came back and said, we're actually very surprised. There's nothing broken except your nose because your shatterproof glasses, when you went over the handlebars, the first thing that hit the ground was your face and your head, and the glasses saved your eyes, but that broke your bridge of your nose. And after that accident, thinking the only thing that's broken is my nose is pretty amazing. And with the, the help of uh, physical therapy at the hospital, that, that day got it to walk a little bit and a little bit more the next day since nothing's broken there's nothing they can do so they released me so i'm i'm beat up i've got um a hole in my lip that actually uh my teeth were chipped and it came through my lip and then this side of my face was completely road rashed all the way down and so uh, we were in a hotel for six days and I was uh, stretching and walking and doing things and i told hannah if i can physically get back on this bike i'm gonna do it and we had thousands of people watching us blogging this ride across the country. And it was like a crazy movie. They're on the edge of their seats like, Chuck wrecked his bike. And um, I mean, I'm in the ambulance and Hannah's following me in the RV thinking, is Chuck even alive? I mean, that happened because if you break your neck or your, something happens to your spine, and nine days after the bike accident, I got back on the bike and I started riding again. We'd already we'd already completed 2,300 miles. We had 700 to go, and I said, "We're finishing this ride." Yes. And uh, so we were absolutely we were able to complete. Um, it, the, we called it a ride like a thriver. Um, we were able to complete ride like a thriver um, with a um, um, walk onto the beach. And the reason why I say that is because you dip your back tire into the ocean in California, you dip your front tire into the ocean in Florida, and that says that you completed the ride. And we were surrounded by friends and people we didn't even know that followed us on social media. And uh, four different news uh, media were swarming around us for cameras and I was looking at Hannah like what is going on here this is amazing right. um, it's very very emotional yes um, well you didn't get a broken ego or busted ego and you didn't get a broken spirit how's that 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 what more can you ask for right so you guys came back was and I now we're gonna run out of time here so well, I don't remember if there was something that actually happened where Hannah actually had to come back again for something or you guys well, came she back was, and then... She was planning on coming back at the end of the ride for another treatment. And, and the night the, the ride ended, 
she started having a migraine and she started having pressure in her head and she said i can't fly back for the treatment ended in a hospital in orlando florida where they start running scans and tests ended up being there for eight days and they did find cancer spread in her sacrum they found some tumors in her brain we ended up flying her back to phoenix uh, so she could start through her treatment and she actually had to go through two weeks of brain radiation so this beautiful girl has absolutely been through um, a little bit of everything on this cancer journey a warrior oh my gosh she's amazing um before i ask my final question where can if someone wants to reach out to you guys or know more about your foundation where can you be found okay so if you want to reach out to us or if you just want to go on and watch the videos you go to getupandlive.org okay we've got it tattooed nice. on our bodies We've got it on everything that we own because get up and live means everything. Get up and live physically, mentally, and spiritually. And so we loved it. So getupandlive.org takes you to our website, Living Hope Cancer Foundation. There are everything, the coaching stuff's all free. And it doesn't matter if you have cancer, you just want inspired by people that are going through stage four cancer. And one of my favorite things on there is the Cancer Roadmap Project, which is actually 56 two to three minute videos you don't have to contact us if you don't want to some people don't want to let everybody know what they're going through but they can go on these videos in the privacy of their own home and watch these videos and get this free coaching that we um that we share our experience to help as many people as we possibly hate possibly can and so it's get up and live just like it sounds dot org thank you both of you even though she's not there she's here thank you for that and then before I'll give you like less than 30 seconds. You guys have a couple of books. Where can those be found? Um, so same thing. Go to getupandlive.org. You can go on Amazon, but if you want a signed copy, go on getupandlive.org. Go to the store. There's some merchandise in there, some shirts and hats and some fun things. And then basically what you do is you place an order for a book and you get a copy of this is our latest book. And it's about what we're going through right now and how you know, we basically are getting through this journey. And this is a, a, just a tool that touches so many lives. And if you place the order through our store on getupandlive.org, we will sign the copy and drop some stickers and some cool bracelets that everybody loves these days um, that give it, you a little bit of a reminder of who we are and what we do. Perfect. So my final question is this, what message would you like to leave everyone based on your journey? Uh, cancer is a teacher, um, so it's allowed me to step back and to look at my life. And what you do is you evaluate, you know, what's important and what's not important. And there was a lot of things that I was wasting a lot of time on in my life and a lot of money um, that that was that was senseless. And with cancer, you look at the things that are important. And for me, the important things were my faith, uh, my family, uh, people around me that I love. And so with my journey, if I can encourage um, you to live in the moment and don't blow through life because of a job and uh, trying to climb the ladder and all these things that I did for so many years and miss my kids' sporting events and things like that, uh, it's, it's, it's not worth it. And when you are diagnosed with cancer, you realize it's not worth it. So take it from a guy who's been through stage four prostate cancer and is still here to talk about it, to love everybody around you and to live in the moment. Beautiful message, and it's how I live my life too. You can't take mm -hmm. all that stuff with you that you chased after and purchased, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Perfect. 
great legacy to leave too. Yes, it is. Thank you for being my guest today, Chuck. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for having me on, Christine. We absolutely love you. One more thing, ah, love you back, but one more thing, since this is my first platform, first time on this platform and you're not physically here, but we have the screen next to us, let's do an air high five, you ready? Ah, you each know other. it, ready? girlfriend. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> to my listeners, my guests, wherever you have viewed this segment today, if you have a story you want to share, know someone who has a story, or you're a nonprofit, or know of a nonprofit in your community that you feel that needs to be spotlighted, because they do spotlight nonprofit organizations as well, because they are making a difference, and they were founded on someone's vision and perhaps something that happened in their life. Email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care. Mm -hmm.